God's word, he, he wants you to be whole. 100% H-W-H-O-L-E. I can't spell. W-H-O-L-E. He wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? And He will never rest until you are. The Bible says that He's going to perfect you, that which concerns you. The Bible says that, that He will, until the day of Jesus Christ, He will be working on you. Amen? Transforming you, changing you into the image of His Son. Amen? And so uh, the Word of God is intended to be a healer to us. It's intended. We're not supposed to be going around with heart pain, head pain, uh, or physical pain. Amen? We're supposed to be uh, completely um, well in, in our minds and our emotions. Well, I don't know why that keeps falling out. Uh, but anyway, we're supposed to be uh, uh, free. Amen? We're supposed to be, if we've gone through trauma, abuse of any kind, a divorce, we've been wounded, we've been hurt. God's will is to heal us, and he's, it's not His will to take 20 or 30 years to do it. Amen? You, you, he said He wanted you to have abundant life. You can't have abundant life when you've got pain in your soul realm. Amen? You can't have the full, you can't, you can't be complete. And so it's not His will for us to walk around with, you know, if we, even from our sin. Maybe you might say, well, yeah, but I deserve it because I got off into sin. The, the blood of Jesus is intended to cleanse you, wash you, heal you, and restore you. Amen? And uh, I like to say this, that when you'll know when you're healed when you don't have any pain or shame. I mean, if you think of a situation and it brings pain to your heart, you, you still need some more. Amen? Or if you think of, of something you did in the past and shame comes over you. Now, I don't mean that we rejoice that we did it in the past, but literally you should, it should be to you like, was that me? That seems like it was a different person. You know, that's how, that's how cleansed and how whole you should be from your past life where you don't feel shame. And even so much so, and you know, you might not get up in front of the church here and broadcast what you did, but if it became necessary to help somebody else, that you could literally say, I, I did that. And you know, God healed He forgave me. He healed me. You, you could literally say, I had an abortion. God, it wasn't the right thing to do. I made a wrong decision, and, and it caused me this. But, but I, I, saw, I went to God, He forgave me, and He healed me. And, and, you know, be able to share that without any shame, without pain, too, without heart pain, and without any shame. We should not be ashamed. That, now, that doesn't mean we get up and tell everybody all the gory details of our past. Um, just for the... Uh, just for the recreation of being t of talking about it. But, like I said, if the need should arise and if it would help somebody else. You know what I'm saying? That we are so free that we could talk about it. Amen? And so that's, that's the goal. That's where we're going. That's where God wants us headed. And you know, um, the, the healthier we are emotionally... The healthier, healthier we are in our soul realm. That's, that's health. When you have no pain or shame, the healthier we are, the healthier and the more enriched and joyful our relationships will be. Amen? Uh, it's hard to have a relationship with somebody who's all broken up. And you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, and another thing, just while I'm on the subject, now that we know who we are in Christ... 
Now, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you may not have known. But now that you know where you are, who you are in Christ, you should not go through things that break you up and tear you up. Even when you go through things, they should not break you up and tear you up and wound you like they would have before you knew who you are in Christ. Psalm 41.10 in the Amplified Bible, not in the King James, but Amplified, says that he, um, he um, well, praise God, it just left me. So maybe I need to just read it. Psalm 40, uh, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah 41.10. That's my problem. I guess the Holy Ghost wanted me to get it. Did I say Psalm the first time? Okay, the Holy Ghost was trying to arrest me there because it's, I, he wants you to know this. It's Isaiah 41.10. Okay, <clears throat> Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Thank the Lord. Praise God. Once you know who you are in Christ, you go through difficulties. Sometimes you don't go through as many difficulties because you don't live the lifestyle that you used to live. And sometimes you don't go through as many difficulties because you're listening to the Holy Ghost and you learn to uh, avert them. But as long as we live in the earth with the devil, we'll never eliminate all difficulties. But as we, as we know who we are in Christ and we let the Holy Spirit strengthen us in our inner man, we are more hardened to difficulties. And the things that people say and the things that people do, they do not wound us like they would have at a different time in our life. Amen? And so um, that, 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 that is something that we need to know. Praise God. Hallelujah. We were talking last week in the dark about how to be a good friend. And uh, I think we covered literally the first page of that. And so we'll just review them real quickly. So you should be on a page called How to Be a Good Friend at the top. And uh, the number one thing was focus on your friend's strengths instead of their weaknesses. And, you know, giving people room to grow. Do you want people to give you room to grow? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I need people to give me some room to grow. I need people to give me some room not to be perfect. Amen? Hallelujah. There's only been one perfect man, and that was Jesus. Guess what? There will never be another. Amen? Until we will be perfect men one day as we walk in the millennial reign. But there will never be another till then on this earth. And Jesus is the only one. So we got to give people some space. Or we're going to be, um, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, literally eradicating all our relationships. You know what I'm saying? Nobody will ever live up or measure up. Then the second thing was treat all people as equals. This means we eliminate racism. Amen. We eliminate uh, prejudice for gender. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. That's a good little thing to talk about in the South. Amen. Uh, both of those things are good little topics that we could spend about three years on. Amen. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. And we need to, um, you know, and um, we, um, and, and you know, uh, let me say this accurately, Jesus. Help me. Um, going down deep in, in eradicating racism. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes we get satisfied with a certain level of acceptance, but still not 
hadn't come to the point of saying all men are equal. And, you know, some of us have prejudice in different areas. You know, we were raised in an area that if we were going to have a prejudice, it would have been against Mexicans. Because that's, you know, the culture that we were raised up in is where there were many Mexican people around. And um, there is a prejudice in West Texas, you know, concerning uh, Mexicans. And, and, of course, nothing to the degree of what blacks have suffered in the South. I mean, nothing to that degree. But still, just, you know, racial slurs and you know what I'm saying. And, you know, there's uh, all sorts of uh, things. I noticed I saw on the news the other night that Abercrombie and Fitch, is that right, is in trouble over some uh, racism shirt that they put in their stores that's against the Oriental type people. And, uh, they, you know, they rose up in arms and took a stand against that shirt. And uh, so uh, basically the thing is, is we tend, we tend to persecute anybody that's not like us. Skinny people tend to persecute <laughs> fat people. Fat people may, you know, have a prejudice in some ways against skinny people. I mean, you know, it, and nearly everybody incur, in, in, encounters prejudice to some degree or another. You know, maybe if somebody's highly educated, they persecute and look down on people that don't have as much education. That's a form of prejudice. Amen. And, and, and you know, the truth is that I've met a lot of people that didn't have an education that were very wise people. And, you know, uh, my dad would say it in a more carnal way, but uh, I'll say it this way. You, kept, you all of us have met educated people who didn't have sense enough to come in out of the rain. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, yeah, that's one way. <laughs> that's one way to say it. Uh, but anyway... Um, uh, you know, so there's all kinds of ways not to treat people equal. And, you know, I, I'll just be honest with you. I encounter often uh, prejudice against women. If you get in the ministry as a woman from in spirit-filled faith churches, especially faith churches, the spirit-filled charismatic type are more open to women ministry than faith churches are. Now, I could go into great detail of that for you and prove it out to you, but trust me, uh, women are esteemed in faith churches if they sing or if they, well, it's kind of like a Baptist. Women can sing, pray, and teach children. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Play the piano, yes. I guess I just lumped all the music in together, but that's true. And uh, so that's a prejudice. Hallelujah. And um, praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, but, you know, none of those things give us the right to stop doing, stop living, to stop pressing on through. We got to press through any prejudice you encounter. Just you, we got to press through it. I can't stop being a women minister because uh, this faith minister over in this town doesn't see it that way. And his wife sits on the front row and all she does is pray and Look pretty. Well, I, I just, that can't change. I can't change my life because of that. I know when God called me. I know exactly when He called me. I know where I was sitting. I know I'm called. And for me to back down because somebody doesn't see it that way, hallelujah. And sometimes we got to be pioneers, don't we? 
we got to be like Rosa Parks and all those people. Praise God for them. Thank, and you know, there, that was a God called. You know, that was God. That was so God. That was as God as Moses parting the Red Sea. That was as God as Jesus going up on the cross. It's, you know, it, and just taking that stand. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And you know, Joyce Meyer and those faith women that are out there, it's God. Hallelujah. So treating people as equals. Going to be a lot more better at relate. A lot more better. Boy, that's good English. <laughs> a lot more better. Well, you know, going to be lots better at relationships if we can get, if we get equal. Amen. All men are created equal. Isn't that in the something we have, the Declaration of Independence or something? Hallelujah. All men and women are created equal. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then make your relationships special. Praise God. Taking time, caring, being vulnerable, being honest. When we're vulnerable and honest, it really tells people, I really care about you. Amen. And then the last one that we studied last week was trust your friends. Now, we talked about how we don't trust people because people are trustworthy. Because every, we have let people down. Every person in this room has let somebody down at some point or another. So the, and, 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 you know, if you boil it down to it, the only person completely trustworthy is Jesus. And even people think that he's let, him, he's let them down. Amen. There are people all over this town that think Jesus let them down. And he didn't. He has never let anybody down. But I can tell you they are. They, there are people that are hurt, that are they're, uh, mad at God because they think God let them down. Isn't that correct? Am I telling you the truth? But um, certainly a human man, you know, I don't trust you because I think you'll never let me down. I trust you because I can trust him to always take care of me. I don't have to watch my, my hind side, my rear side. my I don't have to watch my back. God will watch my back for me. Amen? Glory to God. And so um, we learn to trust. And you know, we need to do our best in our relationships to prove to people that they can trust us. And one of those things, ways we do that is by walking in integrity. By doing what's right, even when it doesn't feel good. Amen? Doing the right thing. Because once we have breached our honor and breached our integrity and people think, I can't trust them, then, you know, there's a proving time. You know, if a husband goes and cheats on his wife, He's got to prove himself again, doesn't he? Amen. He can repent and she can be most able and most gracious to forgive him, but he still will have to prove himself again to her that she can trust him. And he should not expect to be trusted immediately. And in our friendships, when we break a trust or when we, when we um, break honor and, and we... 
and someone loses faith or trust in us, we need to go to them. And we need to say, I realize I did wrong. You know, a lot of times we could just solve so many problems if we would just fess up. Instead of trying to cover and, and act like it wasn't wrong and justify ourselves. You know, we, can, we will create great arguments. And you know, one of the most famous, I guess, between every husband and wife is, I just did that because you. Just wait till you get married if you don't know about that one. Isn't that what every husband and wife say to each other? If you don't, if you've never heard that in your marriage, come see me after church. But anyway, I just said that because you said, or I just did that because you did. You know, and uh, and I'm not talking about I just committed adultery because I'm talking about you know, <laughs> you know, why'd you give me that dirty look? Well, I just did it because you know, you know, um, and uh, so many marriage arguments and so many things could just be solved if we just said. Yeah, I did. Just, boy, it, it just takes a lot of guts to say, yeah, I did. Yeah, I gave you a dirty look. I feel rotten today. I'm not an idiot. I know you gave me a dirty look. I've got eyes. I can see. I'm seeing all of a sudden we're already escalated. You know what I'm saying? No, I didn't. You know, and so we have this little war that starts instead of just saying, Man, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm just, I feel foul today. I did. And you know, it's just like, it just stops right there. And that's the way in friendships, if you know, we would just, when we know we, and, and in every relationship, when we know we did wrong, when we know we, and maybe, maybe even we felt justified in doing wrong, or maybe we even felt, um, uh, you know, there's all kinds of feelings that we could feel, but if we would just say, I did it. I'm sorry. And in a relationship, in a friendship, just say, I'm going to endeavor to regain your trust when we've done something that would actually break trust. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, this could be a lot simpler. If we would be, it's just real simple. If we would be Christ-like. If we would do the Word. Amen? And that's what all of us need to have as our desire. I may fail, but I desire to be christ -like. I may not do the right thing, but I want to. Amen? And I, I'm just amazed at Christians. I'm constantly amazed at... How Christians can think they can be, they can do really bad things to other people and get by with it. I have this thing in me, and I think people that fear God have this. It's like, I may want to can you, I may want to put my fist in your face, but something in me says, if I don't do right, God can't bless me like He wants to. And you know, it's a check in me. You know, sometimes at home I think, I'd like to say this, I'd like to do that, but something says, well, if I don't do the right thing, God can't honor me. I'm believing for prosperity. I'm believing for health. How can I treat other people badly and expect to walk in health? Tell me how Christians can think they can. 
How can I expect to treat other people badly and expect to prosper financially? How could I expect that? I can tell you, I can't expect it. And one of the main reasons I can't expect it is my heart will condemn me. And the Bible, if my Bible says if my heart condemns me, I don't have confidence toward God. Amen? And when I have my heart's not condemning me, and people can say, man, I'm justified, I'm not nothing, but something's scratching us on the inside. And some, the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us when we're doing other Christians wrong. Amen? And we have to do people right. If we want abundant life, if we want prosperity, the hundredfold return, and the things that are promised in the Bible, we have to live Christ-like and do other people right. Now let me clarify here. Because we've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about uh, trusting people. We've talked about giving people room to grow. And that's all true. But just like in a marriage, when a friendship becomes abusive, and there are abusive friendships just like there are abusive marriages. And when a friendship or a relationship between parents and, and children, or when uh, relationships between brothers and sisters, or anything, when that relationship becomes abusive, either physically or mentally, emotionally abusive, abusive with words, God does not expect us to sit around and say, well, i got to walk in love here. Amen. He does not expect us to stay in abusive relationships. I like what Mike Murdoch says, and this just pretty much sums it all up. Go where you are celebrated. Go where you are celebrated. Not where you are beat up, torn down, condemned, harassed, constantly told how bad a person you are. I can't really imagine somebody staying in that kind of relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that we abandon ship the first time somebody disagrees with us or the first time somebody points out a character flaw. Amen? Or when somebody points out a weakness. That doesn't mean we take and run. Amen? But I'm talking about habitually somebody abusing. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes the church gets confused. Even, you know, the church, and all of you have been in churches that have gone through things where there was strife or when somebody came against the pastor and began to tell tales and all that. It happens, it just happens all over America all the time. Um, and uh, we think it's to, to, to not say anything or to not react or to not tell the pastor that that's walking in love. Family, let me ask you something. If a burglar was trying to tear your house up and rob your house, would you just say, i got to walk in love here? Well, no, you'd think anybody that said that was some sort of idiot. And we should not stand still and let the enemy use people to steal from our church and say, well, now I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not even going to tell the pastor because uh, I, I just don't want to. I just want to walk in love. Well, that's not walking in love. That's walking in stupidity. You know, we wouldn't sit and let our children be abused or hurt and say, well, now I just can't do anything because to this person. I can't prosecute. I can't call the police. I can't do anything because I'm walking in love. No, we would run to the authorities as quickly as possible. We would run to the highest authority we could run to as quickly as possible. 
We would, if you know, if somebody's abusing my children, I'm not going to go over and talk to a city councilman about it. Because why? There's a higher authority I can go to in that case. Amen? If, if somebody's trying to break into my house, I'm not trying to call uh, the dog catcher here in Tuscaloosa. Am I? No, I go to the, I run as quickly as possible. I don't wait. I don't sit around. I run as quickly as possible to the highest authority I can go to. Because I don't want that robber to steal anything I have. I don't want him to steal my child's future and happiness. You know, and I don't want them to steal. And so, but we will sit around as Christians in churches and let people do things and say things. And we don't go to the highest authority in the church, which is the pastor. And we sit around for month after month until, and it takes a toll. And I'll tell you, in this church, we need to band together at this point. We need to come together and we need to pray for each other. We need to stand up for each other. You need to pray for your church. Amen? There was a man, and we just found this out this week, but there was a man that called Jean Shellnut, who used to be our secretary, and um, uh, Jean told us this. He called and asked her for the membership list of this church so he could go to each member. Now, she stood up. And she said, I don't have one, but if I did, I wouldn't give it to you because that's not right. Amen? But how can people like that ever even hope that God could bless them? Now, God loves them. And you know, we know the blessings of God don't come all of it. I mean, it's not like, okay, I got the blessing of God on me one day. and, and not. You know, we know that God deals with us, tries to bring us to repentance. But the Bible talks about... Uh, do my prophets no harm? The Bible talks about that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. The gates of hell, the uh, gates of hell, the gates of hell. This is the gates of hell. You just read James if you don't think it's the gates of hell. Will not prevail against my church. Amen. They won't win in the end, but why do we put up with anything? You know, one man... And where he works meets church members from this church at the door of the place he works and confronts them and asks them to leave and puts a condemnation on them uh, for staying in this church. And then <laughs> lies. And you know, you say, baby, you shouldn't be telling this. Well, the Bible says to mark them that cause division. I mean, they're just blessed I'm not calling their name. But I'm marking them. The Bible says to warn the flock so you can be prepared. And lies, one of the lies is that we ask some people to leave this church. Never, with my hand on the Bible, have we ever asked a member in Seminole, Texas or Tuscaloosa, Alabama to leave our church. And I think to myself, how could people believe that? Because why would a pastor intentionally, it's like taking a gun and shooting your own foot. Why would a pastor do something that would, um, why, if, why would he do things that would cause problems in the church? It's like, I hadn't had enough to do lately. I hadn't had enough to pray about. hadn't had enough problems lately. Let me see if I can just do something stupid and I can cause some problems. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't know how anybody believes it. But I tell you what happens. Here's what happens. The Bible says, smite the shepherd and the sheep scatter. So the devil tries to smite 
the pastor of a church. Because the baby, the babies, the, the immature sheep will begin to get scared and they will scatter. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, it's time for all of us who maybe aren't so immature, or maybe we are, I don't know. It's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to say no. It's time for us to... And you know, Pastor has told several people, and this is the truth, if you want to know if something's true, why don't you just come ask me? We've told you so many times, we're an open book. We have absolutely no secret in this church. We don't have any secrets. But instead, I don't know why somebody would believe a lie before they ask. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes I think, is it because we're from Texas? And I think, you know, that's prejudice. Like, you know, well, us, you know, uh, Kevin and Karen told us, you know, Karen said that there's been times in her teaching and all that it's like there's been white, a white teacher that was right, but the black students thought she ought to stand up for them just because they were her race. And she said, I can't do that. This teacher is right. And sometimes I think, is it like that? You know, uh, us Alabama folk, we stick together. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to project that. I'm really not, but I have, I've wondered. It's like, you know, do, I, do they believe uh, somebody else? Do they believe things because, well, they're from Alabama? Like that like that'd keep you from lying or something. You know, I don't know. And you say, well, why would they lie to save face? You know, when you make a stupid mistake, then sometimes you have to lie to keep from looking stupid. So that's, that's, you know, that's, so look to my, pastor has, a, our, our pastor has no motive. He has no motive to ask anybody. He has, his, he, you know, he has no motive to cause problems in the church. Other people have every, all kinds of motives to cause problems in the church. Amen. I don't know about you, but I hate strife. I don't know about you, but I sense we got breakthrough this week, this past two weeks, actually. That this church got breakthrough. Hallelujah. Some things got exposed. It got come out in the light. Got brought out in the light. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So, um, we've been talking about trust. Hallelujah. Let's move on in relationships. Hallelujah. I appreciate y'all letting me talk about that. Amen. I appreciate, you know, it didn't even get quiet and still like a Presbyterian church. Amen. It didn't even, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, we need to get this out in the open. Bring it to the light and talk about it. And You know, if Pastor and I have made any mistakes in our ministry, we've never had a moral, and I'm not bragging, just the grace of God, but we've never messed up morally. But if we've ever had a mistake, it's just get up and preach the word and forget to explain things enough to people. Because we just have, and not because we want to leave you out, we just have this so much this focus on the Word, and it's like, forget what the devil's doing, you know? And sometimes we just like, maybe don't go into enough detail. But, you know, maybe sometimes y'all just need to prod us a little, not during the sermon, you know? But, <laughs> but uh, you know, after church or something, and just say, Pastor, you ought to explain that. You know, because sometimes we go, oh, okay. I just never thought of explaining it, you know. 
Because we don't have any. You say, well, you know, some people like wonder why we don't have a board in the church. Well, that's one of the things we want to do is have an advisory board. But I'm looking at it like this. Sure, good thing we didn't have one yet. Because we found out who we couldn't trust. Hallelujah. I mean, so we're kind of letting some people, we're seeing this trust thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, we'd like to have an advice. We think that's better to have, you know. But until then, what we kind of do is talk to you individually and try to get some advice on some things. And we don't talk to everybody every time. But, you know, just trying to, you know. We want it, we, it's not that we want to leave everybody out of the decision-making process. Of course, you understand, bottom line, if God says to do something, we got to do it. If, 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 you know, if he, and he usually doesn't put this much emphasis on anything, but if he says, you know, put green carpet in the church, it don't matter if everybody in here votes red, we're putting green if we believe we heard God, you know. But most of the time, he doesn't, you know, we can go with the flow in most decisions. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, we're learning about being good church members. We're learning, and that's part of relationships. Amen. Man, if we can't get it right in here, how are we ever going to get it right out there? Isn't that the truth? The, the, and this brings us to the next point of being a good friend. Pray with your friends. And I would just encourage you to pray for your church and for your pastor. Uh, you know, we have to take some responsibility as church members that we could have prayed more and maybe prevented, you know, any problems that we've had in churches, in the church, in the past, in the last 20 years. You know, maybe if we were more, and we're all learning and growing, but if we were more accurate in the Spirit. In hearing God. You know, sometimes God's trying to warn us of things and we're not as accurate as we could be. So, but praying with your friends, not just praying for them. We ought to pray for our friends. But if we want to really, you know, have a great relationship or friendship, we actually pray together. And I think we need to get free about praying. Uh, if you're not free praying in front of people, then make that a goal. Make that an endeavor. And I'll just tell you, you're just going to have to start out fumbling and bumbling and maybe you're with your face red and maybe you're, you know, you're just going to have to step out there because the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's just that simple. And it will never get easy you not doing it. I like, you know, what David Albritton, or maybe it's not even him, says about uh, witnessing. I don't think it's him. But he says, just do it messy. You know, sometimes we think if we're not articulate and just uh, fluid and flowing, just do it messy. You know, it's not our articulateness in stuff that God hears. It's our sincere heart. Amen? And so praying with in front of people, you know, I, I feel sorry for marriages where they are both Christians. You know, I know sometimes you have a situation where you have a husband or wife who's not with you spiritually, but... Uh, when they're both Christians, that they can't pray in front of each other. Amen? So uh, that's just something to make as a goal and to just break through in. Because praying together transforms the average relationship into a deeper and more intimate one. And praying together promotes honesty and integrity. One man said it's hard to pray a lie. 
In other words, when you start to pray, it just kind of makes you get truthful. Amen. And praying together emphasizes our dependence on one another. As long as we've got this independent attitude, we're never going to have really strong relationships. Because we don't, you know, at some point we've got to acknowledge I, you need people. God created us to be dependent on one another. He didn't create us to be independent lone rangers. He created us to be dependent on one another. He created the husband and wife. There's things that the husband and wife depend on each other for. And, you know, we've nearly, even if you watch a, some TV and, and read uh, literature of our generation, women are nearly taught uh, that it's more, uh, what do you say, it's a feminist thing, I guess. Don't be dependent on a man. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but the truth is, we need each other. Husbands and wives need each other, but I need my friends. Uh, praying together safeguards us against the wrongful plottings of the enemy. Satan launches spiritual attacks daily. And that's one of the reasons that is, is if I pray with you, I may pick up something you're, you're not picking up in your life. And if you pray with me, you may pick up something. And we can stop some of the things that the devil is trying to do ahead of time. Amen? And then, uh, and you know, even when we can't stop it completely, we can at least, uh, what do you call that, where you minimize the uh, effects? Cut the losses. We can, we can, when the devil launches an attack, we can, we can rally together in our friendships and in the body of Christ, and we can, we can stop it before it just completely. It's like, you know, they, they do things to stop forest fires. They do things to, you know, cut the losses to, you know, and sometimes they do drastic things. I've heard of them burning down a house to keep from, to save a bunch of other houses. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's how we can do in prayer. I mean, the devil launches an attack, and together, as we rally together, and as we become loyalty, loyal, and you know, when, when the church is under attack, that's not the time to say, oh, you know, I just don't think I'll go tonight. No, that's the time to say, no, my church needs me more than ever. Amen? That's the time to, to, to not be lackadaisical. That's the time to rally around each other. That's the time to show a vote of confidence, not just to the pastor, but to the rest of the members of the church. You know, I told a, a lady, um, I think I can say this, Holy Ghost, can I say this? And she was telling me she uh, left the church for some reasons. And I told her, I said, uh, you know, the whole church assumes you left for the same because... Uh, uh, well, I guess for the same reason everybody, for all the strife or whatever. She said, no, that's not, I am not offended. I said, well, the church assumes you are. She said, well, I am not offended. And I honor you and pastor. And, and you know, she just was taking a new direction in her life. But, um, and, and Lord, you know, but... You know, sometimes, and I'm not coming against her, I'm just saying how we are as a church. We need to know, we need to know that we're all for each other. Do you know what I'm saying? I am not criticizing her. I'm just showing an example of how when everybody gets lackadaisical, then we're going, are they 
on their way in, on their way out? Are they really solid? Are they kind of solid? You know, and so what we need to do is make sure we're demonstrating I am solid as a rock. You can count on me. Amen. Hallelujah. Not just to the pastor, but to the other members. Because, you know, it's the natural thing. And I guess I keep going back to this. Might as well just preach on it. But the natural thing is to look around and go, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe You know, God's telling me, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe, maybe pastor has a Swiss bank account and they all know it and I don't know it. Well, let me tell you, he doesn't have a Swiss bank account. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. He doesn't have any she money either. He don't have any money she don't know about. <laughs> she money is the money in your billfold that she don't know about. And he don't have any. Because I done been looking. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so praying opens doors that might otherwise be closed. Doors to employment, ministry, promotion, and other relationships can be opened through prayer. Our friends that we pray with have helped us open so many doors. I cannot tell you how many doors. And even doors of faith, they've helped us open. They have, in our prayer time, proposed new things to us that we never dreamed could do. One thing that a friend prayed for us one time, and it was like when he first prayed it, I'm like, get real. You know, he said, I pray they, that Michael and Debbie will be able to give $50,000. And I'm like, you have been sniffing something or, you know, or something, you know. Uh, but, you know, and so it's like I, my faith wouldn't go around it at first. But after, it took a couple of years of just thinking about, I can't believe he said that, you know. Then all of a sudden, it just like it fit my faith better. And he, he see, when you pray with friends, they break you out into new realms to think of things you've never thought of. By praying together, believers can create in the Spirit divine opportunities for success. And Pastor Miss Phyllis in Birmingham says this, there are things you will never get done apart from corporate prayer. We need corporate prayer. Praying together helps us overcome trying circumstances. I, I just, you know, family, this is so true. I know there's been times when people prayed for me and literally they would might and, and, and uh, lay their hand on my back, you know, or something just in prayer. And I could just, uh, you know, just feel the stress just kind of drain out. There's been times that I could, like, they'd lay their hands on me and pray and I could just feel strength just, of course, you know you can't give out anything you don't have. But when you have something, you can. You can transmit. We have hands. And God told us to lay hands. Why? Because these are divine transmitters. And if I have something, I can give it. Now, Brother Hagin says you can lay empty hands on empty heads. You know. And sometimes if we don't have anything, we can't give anything. When you say, well, how do you get something? Just tanking up on the Word. Tanking up on the Word, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourself on your most holy faith. When you lay hands, you'll have something come through. Amen? Something will pour through. 
pour through you into them. Hallelujah. So uh, praying together helps us overcome trying circumstances. Praying together provides spiritual power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then, my boy, we got to work to get through part two. So hang on to part three, okay? Don't lose that for next week. I don't want to run more copies. Tired of running copies. <laughs> Allow your friends to grow. We talked about that some. Don't expect perfection. Accept other in their particular stages of personal growth and development. Some people go into a friendship with the attitude of accept me as I am, but you have to be what I want you to be. We're not going to get very far, are we? Amen. Um, don't pull back from the relationship when you don't get your own way. Amen. Relationships should be able to last through problems and difficult times. Release one another to be individuals. You know, Christians, family, we are Christians. We are Christians. We should be able to work things out together. Me give a little, you give a little. Me be honest, you be honest. We should be able to work things out. We may not... Our relationship may not carry us through forever. We may not, you know, relationships sometimes ebb and flow in closeness. Even in, I don't know about you, but even in a husband and wife relationship, I've noticed that it's, you know, I've told you before, some days I feel so close and some days I just like, give me some space. And I know, and you know, sometimes it's more than a day that I want some space. I mean, and I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about get away from me space. I'm not talking about I'm going off and spend six weeks by myself space. But you know what I'm talking about. Just not, not having those feelings of just ooey-gooey, lovey-govey, tickle-you-under-the-chin feelings. You know what I'm saying? And then there's days that, you know, I feel ooey-gooey. And there's times that he feels more ooey-gooey. Y'all act like you don't even know what I'm talking about. We know, she said. Well, in friendships, you have those same kind of... And maybe I need to say this here. We need lots of relationships because we don't need to spend too much time with any one relationship. Or you're going to burn it out. I mean, if you're just every day with some one person, you know, in, in a few months, I don't know how long, sometimes probably might be shorter for me, but in a few months, you're going to be tired of this, you're going to need some space. I know even Colin and Eric, sometimes it's like, I need some space from my brother. And I know Kevin and Karen, do you ever need some space? Huh? <laughs> do you? Yes? It's like, I need some space. But that doesn't mean they don't love each other. That doesn't mean they're not there for each other. That just means they can enjoy each other more if they're not constantly in each other's companionship. And that's the way every friendship is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so uh, we ought to be able to work some things out. And maybe, maybe we don't go on in a real tight relationship as far as spending the time together that we used to. Maybe I kind of go my way and you go your way. But we can still have a genuine love and respect for each other. And, and we, can be, we can forgive. Amen? You know, there's things that can transpire in friendships where maybe you don't feel like... Well, you, maybe you're just not as compatible as you used to be. Your desires change, their desires change, their goals change. Maybe life takes them another way. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean we have to have broken relationships where we don't speak. You know, listen, 
As Christians, all of our relationships should be mended so far as we are able. Now, I can't do, I can't choose for you. But the Bible says, so far as I'm able, let me live in peace with all men. You may choose to not be in peace with me, but I should have done what I could to get there. Is that correct? Amen. Well, we're going to close with this last one. Demand nothing in return. Now, see, we sometimes look at it uh, the opposite of that. No friend, no matter how close or compatible, will ever respond in exactly the same, we w same way we would respond in any given situation. And we should not expect them. Amen? And we should not as pastors expect you to all respond the same way to every situation. Because we are individuals. And you can't expect us as pastors to respond like you would. Like you may say, I wouldn't have, you may leave here sometimes on Sunday morning and go, I wouldn't have said that. Yeah, but you're not me. Amen? You know, I, 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 I just wouldn't have talked about that. Yeah, but you're not me. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's just like we heard uh, when we first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you know, you would hear things taught that you'd never heard before. And people said, now, if you don't understand it, just put it up on the shelf. You know, and sure enough, some of those things we didn't understand, it was just like freaking us out. Man, I tell you, that just freaks me out to think, because I was Baptist. You know, well, sure enough, I put it up on the shelf and later I understood it. And you know, in relationships, we don't have to disband and cut off relationships because you don't say, well, I don't understand why you did that. I don't understand why you acted that way. I don't understand why you react that way. Looks to me like you're overreacting, Kevin. Yeah, but, you know, I may not know what, you know, a trigger point. You know, I had a trigger point when we first got married. You know, you could just send me into a tailspin. My, and I, I'm real honest about my family, and they know I'm honest about them, so I don't want anybody to get all bent out of shape because I talk about my mother or talk about my daddy. Well, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. We're all, the, new, the old man's dead. So I'm talking about old, the old man, okay? But my mom, she might go a month and not talk to my dad. That should give you a clue. They're not married anymore. I mean, she would like literally not speak to him for a month. So um, the, after Pastor and I got married, the first time he wouldn't talk, that was a trigger point. It's like, you are going to talk. We are, One time, now this is back before we was filled with the Spirit, so y'all can... Way back. Way back, okay? Way, way Carnal back. Christians, didn't know nothing. I might still do it, though. If it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we got in a little tiff. It wasn't anything major. But he got in his pickup, and he put it in drive, and put it to the floor, and went to the farm. I got in my Suburban, and I put it in drive, and I was right behind him. It's like, no, we are going to settle this. Because, see, I had this little trigger point. I couldn't stand. And, see, you don't know. See, that's why we got to stay in relate. You know, we can't say, look how he's acting. Look, Well, yeah, you just don't know what you stepped on or what somebody else stepped on. Amen? Huh. Our responses are determined by our backgrounds, right? Our goals, our priorities, our personality styles. Amen? Praise God. Our maturity level. Amen. Our understanding or lack of understanding of spiritual principles. Amen. 
and our friends can give only from what they have. Expect nothing and receive everything as though it were a gift. Do not expect all of our needs to be met by one friend. Oh, we, I thought we was finished. I'm going to have to go next week on page. Oh, well, it don't matter. We take on, we may spend till Jesus comes back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not expecting one person to meet all our needs. Even my husband, I'm going to smother him if he has to meet every emotional need, everything I have, if he's got to meet it. You know, I'm, he's just, you know, he can't do it. First of all, he can't do it. You know, he can't do it. One reason he can't do it is he's not female. I guess y'all noticed. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, y'all yeah. want to have a thank God we're men party? Finish our kitchen. <laughs> No, thank God we're men parties until the kitchen's finished. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Actually, we're making headway. Just about all the knobs are on. All the cabinets are in. Just about all the doors are on. I think there was one missing I noticed back there. So the wallpaper's all hung. You need to take a look. The stove is sitting back there. I heard Barry suggested that we just get one of those cardboard look-alike look -like stoves and push in there since we weren't going to cook on it. And that we take the money that was going to be spent on a stove and we buy a big barbecue grill and put it outside for the men to use. And actually, Pastor had already suggested the same thing. You men's minds must run in the same vein or something. Huh? But you know, I will, but see, there's one little principle you men are forgetting. We learned this if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So you've got to make us women of the church happy or you aren't going to be happy. You just aren't going to be happy. So anyway, the countertop has not come in. They promised, but you know, that's how that's life. <laughs> so it's on its way, and the microwave is, every microwave we went to buy in town was out of stock. But they're all supposed to be coming in. So we're, but we're getting close, amen? Let me just see if there's any announcements. Don't forget to pick up Angel Seafood Saturday. Amen. Praise God. Seems like everything else. And also Saturday night prayer this week is canceled. Amen. So that's about the only things that have to be announced. Let's stand up together. Praise God. Thank you for being such a good...